Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? How much? It's uh, Thursday, so we're, we're about a week out from the draft, and we're still kind of slowly digesting it a little bit and trying to figure out exactly uh, where some of these prospects are going to fit on the team coming up uh, as we get closer to OTAs, maybe? Training yeah. camp, definitely, but OTAs, maybe, right? Yeah, I was getting ready for the show, getting all pumped up, listening to some raps and boss man fat, and I'm all oh ready to go. Oh, so. boy. Actually, oh it's boy. not terrible. Uh, it's, so not, today, it's not. It's not. I bad. mean, it's not quite as good as Cole Beasley, but it's all right. Um, oh, please. So much better than Cole Beasley. Give me a break. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about the three defensive backs that the Cowboys drafted in the 2021 draft. Uh, and let's go ahead and start with boss man fat Kelvin Joseph, uh, the team's pick in the second round at number 44. Uh, Landon, you got a chance to go back and watch some of his film. Uh, what do you think about Kelvin? Well, I mean, I like trap music, but it's a little bit derivative of the. <laughs> I mean, oh, on, about a, the, on, the field. on yeah. a football field. Sorry, my, my bad. Um, yeah, he, he's look. I, I think he is uh, the first thing that 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 I. I really noticed going back and kind of really watching him was uh, how much of a, of a dog he is. And, and, and like in the, in some good ways and some bad ways, right? Yeah, like yeah. everyone's talked about him cheap shotting the, uh, I think Auburn wide receiver, uh, the, 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 what he did to Kyle Trask was probably worse, honestly, yeah. uh, with cheap shotting there. I, I don't hate that though. I don't hate those. <laughs> I, I, I hate, I, I don't want the penalties, man. I don't want it. But I don't hate guys that that don't like the offensive players that that, sure. that want to scrap that want to fight with a little and, bit of a chip, yeah. And honestly, this team needs it to a large degree. So I, I don't I don't necessarily hate that about his game, man. I mean, easy mover is is uh, this guy. Like he yeah. just is yeah. so he was born to fluid. play the position, yeah. absolutely. And just like he's so his hips are so fluid, his feet are incredible. Like he he. You know, even if he will stop on on a uh, on a double move or something, like I think I was watching Florida, and maybe it was uh, Kadarius Tony that like tried mm. to get him on a double move, and he bit a little bit, but he was so smooth getting back into position that like he closed the window almost immediately. And and I almost wonder going back and watching if he was doing it on purpose, like if if he was maybe yeah. opening the window to try to get uh, to 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 get a throw going that way and, to, and only to close it. But yeah, I mean, he's just such an incredible mover. I think, you know, he doesn't have a ton of press man coverage, but I mean, just based on his traits, he's not going to have any problems playing it at all. Like his, yeah, he, he really has uh, good transitions, uh, really good footwork at the line of scrimmage so that he, uh, uh, you know, he's not, and, and, and you know, he knows he's athletic, which is really helpful when you're close to the line of scrimmage because you're not panicking. He's not, no one's going to make him panic. He's already played 
uh, you know, Alabama and up faced all three of those guys uh, and didn't panic. And those were the best players and those are the best wide receivers in college football uh, outside of Jamar Chase. So, um, you know, I think this is a guy who's experienced in the SEC, even though it's you know, he hasn't started a ton of games. He hasn't played a ton of games. He's played them in the SEC. So he's seen the competition. He's, you know, passed those tests without with flying colors. Uh, and if anything, I think he's got quite a bit of room still left to go. Like, I think he's still got a lot more upside left to go. And I think he comes in as a guy uh, who already is a very good corner for how little he's played uh, and, and how young he is. Who do you think is a better cornerback prospect coming into the NFL between Kelvin Joseph and Trevon Diggs? The Cowboys got Diggs at pick 51 last year. They took Joseph at 44 this year. If I'm just talking tape, right? If we're just looking at tape, um, I mean, it's tough because I think Joseph doesn't have nearly the experience that Diggs does, and not that Diggs was super experienced, right? Uh, I would say that if you're just watching, like, if hey, I, I'll show you two games of tape on this guy and two games of tape on this guy. I would say maybe Joseph. I mean, just because his uh, abilities are uh, and his natural He's, just, he's way more of an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that there's definitely – if you're looking at who has higher upside, I think there's no question Joseph is probably the higher guy. I mean, I think that Joseph has as high an upside as those other two, you know, Sertan and Horn, right? He's or just Newsom. not as consistent enough. He's just not as consistent. Not hasn't played as much football, yeah. um, and then obviously the 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 off whatever you want to call the the, the coaching concerns, stuff. the maturity, maturity stuff. stuff. Yeah, like th- th- that adds an element in there. But even with all that, he he managed to go in the second round and and, and was uh, by a lot of people a steal in the second round. So that just shows you what kind of talent he is like on the field. I, I asked a Cowboys source where they where they had him graded in this draft. Uh, compared to Diggs, and you know it's funny, Landon. I haven't even shared this with you. They had him at the exact same spot, one like one point two one for both Diggs sense. and Kelvin Joseph. So they they valued him about the same. I do think the the maturity stuff probably knocked Joseph down a tad. And then on top of that, he's just not very experienced. And when you compare that yeah. to Diggs, who played a bunch at Alabama, Joseph has just nine career starts. He had to transfer. He had to sit out for a year. There's just a lot of unknowns there. My my biggest question for you is I think the Cowboys' plan here is to have Joseph and Diggs as their outside corners. I think at some point this year, maybe it doesn't happen in week one, but maybe it does. For the next two or three years, how do you like that combination of Joseph and Diggs together? I like it. You know, I mean, I think, you know, this this is a team <laughs> – Let's 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 also talk about you know man versus zone coverage because I, there's been a lot of conversation and and I, and I and I just want to frame this properly right like there's been a lot of conversation and especially more centered around Nicholas Wright uh, or I'm sorry uh, Nation Wright Nation Wright um, about the Cowboys you know McCarthy coming out and saying he wants to play more uh, man coverage uh, and, and how this doesn't fit with with that and all that. Uh, first of all, just to kind of answer the question, I think Joseph is a guy who can give you some good man coverage skills. I think he's a guy that if you needed to feel like you had to put him on a more uh, short, you know, quicker, elusive guy, uh, he, he can handle that. that. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely, he definitely is, uh, is can do that. Terry McLaurin, right? If you need him to exactly. follow Terry McLaurin, I feel better about him than Diggs. His athleticism there, I, for sure. Yeah. I, I think that you know the misconception is that. A team that plays a lot of man coverage or uh, is is even a man coverage team 
plays more than 50% of man coverage because they don't. The Saints played the highest rate of man coverage last year, and they played it 47% of the time. The, it's because you Cowboys, you, you're going to yeah, kill you your defensive backs if you do that. Exactly, too. exactly. It, you can't you can't do that consistently, you know, snap after snap. The Cowboys last year want to get their rate up closer to what Atlanta had, you know, probably closer to what Dan Quinn was doing last year, right? Yep. The Cowboys last year were at 29%. The Atlanta Falcons were at 33%. So let's not talk about like man coverage uh, as like it's the na- main thing that's happening. You still need to be extremely good in zone coverage in order to play on this defense. And that's all a long way to say I think Joseph is one of the guys in this group that is probably the best suited to play both, right? The best suited to play a little bit of man, a little bit of zone. I think Joseph has a ways to go uh, to be a really great zone player because I think he needs a little bit better eye discipline. Uh, you know, he does kind of seemingly get caught at times with that, uh, but that's eminently teachable. You know, that's eminently yeah. Im- yeah. coachable if he's if he's if he's willing to be coached. Uh, so I, I I think that Joseph and Diggs, you know, as they develop over the years, can be quite a, a good combo because you can kind of mix and match them and deploy them against the guys that you need to if you need to do that. So it sounds like you're 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 pretty comfortable with the pick at forty four. Like it's just the talent's too good to pass up there. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at their their need combined with his talent, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, he's a guy that can come in and you, you were able to get him at 44. This is the, basically the Diggs pick redone, right? I mean, it's, you know what's you got- really funny, though, is it, I don't under tell me why this makes any sense. They had Tyson Campbell rated lower on their board, yet they were trying to give up multiple third round picks to go to pick 33 and pick Tyson Campbell. I, you know, again, I think this goes back to the idea that they want players who they feel they they can plug in right away. I don't think that they want developmental players as much as we may consider. I think even Wright is a guy that they have a plan for sooner than later. So uh, to me, Campbell is a more probably is a higher, higher floor player, right? Like, well, can, can we explain why maybe they are looking for plug and play guys? Because I think, and I could be wrong. I think the goal is just not to pay corners, right? And to just Maybe. use these guys up on the rookie contracts, kind of like what we saw with Byron, like what we saw with the Wouzier. Draft these guys, use them for four years. If you have to franchise them for a year, that's fine. And let's just move on because they can't afford to pay everybody. And maybe they feel like in a cover three heavy zone scheme, it's just not worth it to pay those guys. Look, everybody has come around to the idea that offensive line units need to be judged by their weakest piece, right? That it's a team group and that that's the best way to get performance is to make sure that you have a solid group top to bottom. I personally have been saying for a while now that I think defensive backs are the same way. Yep. If you have, It's great to have a top guy, but if your second guy is terrible and your third guy is terrible, this is a matchup league. All right. And it's a nickel matchup lead, which means you need three solid corners out there who can do what, what you're doing. And to kind of go back to our conversation, you're only playing man like yeah, third of the, yeah. of your snaps. So you need to play as a cohesive unit in order to, to, to defeat pass offenses. So I think it's more important that you have a solid unit of players on, you know, and, and, and you're going to need a lot of them. So it's not going to be cheap as overall. But if you try to, I understand the, the, the thought process of not necessarily wanting to pay a single cornerback at the top because it doesn't give you the bang for your buck that, that you get if you're able to kind of lift the floor of your, of your uh, defensive back group as opposed to trying to extend the ceiling.
All right, we're going to talk about Nation Wright in just a second, Lane. But I wanted to tell you guys about Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster. And GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. It's so simple. All you have to do is text draft to 231231. Text draft to 231231, and you'll get uh, a free bottle of testosterone booster and testosterone total T delivered directly into your mail. Again, draft 231231. And I also want to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got baseball, we've got uh, basketball, UFC action this week. So get on the website and look at all the latest odds and info for all your sporting needs. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's talk about Nation Wright. Maybe the most surprising pick for the Cowboys at pick no, 99. Maybe. Definitely yeah, the most surprising. Definitely. Pick. definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nation Wright, a, a, just a monster cornerback, 6042. So he's even taller than six foot four, 183 pounds. Uh, not overly athletic, but he is fairly athletic, 447. Uh, he had a 10 6 broad jump. Uh, there's not a ton of tape out there because he's only played 16 games uh, at Oregon State over the last two years. But from the tape that you did see, what did you see about Nation Wright? Big, you know, uh, physical. I mean, look, I, I understand the Richard Sherman con- uh, uh, comparison simply because he's former wide receiver, mm-hmm. still trying to figure out the position. He plays with a physical demeanor that you like. Those are all Richard Sherman things. I don't know if he has – I mean, we don't know the player that well yet, so we don't know what his intelligence is like, but that's the other thing that made Richard Sherman who he was. Um, you know, I think that he has uh, – he, I could understand why he was uh, uh, lower on a lot of people's boards because he's not a fit for everybody. Like he's no. not going to be a, a good fit for a team that's trying to match up their corners on an island and and play a, a bunch of man coverage. He's he is going to be a much more useful player to somebody who could fit him into a zone scheme where he can play with his eyes. He can use that link to kind of deny windows to to just make quarterbacks look elsewhere. You know. And uh, I think that former wide receiver uh, uh, skill set really shows in, his, in mm. the way he plays the ball. He plays the ball really well in the air. Uh, he attacks it uh, at its highest point. Um, you know, I think he's a physical tackler, which is surprising, again, for a, a convert at wide receiver. That's usually where yeah. you see these guys struggle the most, right, is, is trying to just be a physical enough player to play on defense. Uh, so he has all of that going for him. The thing he doesn't have going for him necessarily is, is a ton of experience. Like I said, since he's a convert and since he didn't start a ton of games, he does he can get lost out there at times. Uh, and he does not uh, turn or change direction very no. well. He's no. not going to be a guy that you necessarily want, especially in like off man coverage. You know, he's like he's that's just not the kind of game he has. You want him on the line of scrimmage, knocking the crap out of wide receivers. Or you want him side shuffling up the up the sideline, you know, with his eyes on the quarterback uh, and in playing in a silo. And I think if he's doing those things, uh, I think he has a a uh, you know a pretty clear path to getting on the field in the NFL uh, with some coaching. It, you know, if he gets put into disadvantageous positions, 
I think he can be exposed. I mean, I, I, especially early on while he's still learning. But I do think that you're going to be able to get some snaps out of this guy. Um, it may be in very specific situations early on where you know exactly yeah. what you're going to be putting him out there and what kind of coverage that you use. But that's okay. I mean, I think a lot of the times, a lot of these guys, it's not necessarily about surprising teams with coverage. It's about playing the playing the coverage tightly and, and denying windows and coming after the players with pass rush. And I think in a situation like that where <clears throat> you've got a pass rush coming after the quarterback and he's got eyes in the quarterback and he can uh, uh, you know move, uh, attack towards the ball and react towards the way the quarterback's eyes are going, I think that's the best situation for Wright and, and that's likely where you'll see him early often. For his sake, I hope he doesn't play early on because I think he needs a lot of work. And there, I, there's just tools that he has that just not many players in the league have, right? Not many guys are six foot four and physical like that, but he's 183 pounds. Like, yeah, that's another part of it. He probably like, legitimately probably needs to gain 20 pounds before he's ready to, to hold up on the outside because once he gets into the league against some of these bigger, stronger receivers, even though he's going to tower over them, I think he could get bullied a little bit. Um, again, the potential in the ceiling is there. I do think he's in a good spot where he's probably not going to have to play, right? Because we just talked about Diggs and Kelvin Joseph. You have Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. So at the best case, he's probably your fifth corner. And I actually would venture to guess he's probably further down than that. I think he would, it would be very advantageous for the Cowboys to Reggie Robinson him for a year, mm-hmm. right? Just mm-hmm. no matter what, we're not playing you. We want you to get stronger. We want you to learn this defense. And then in 2022, let's see what you have. Yeah, I mean, I I think that would be a great plan. We'll see if that you know works out just because of injuries and everything. He probably will end up seeing some snaps. And again, like I think if, as long as you are understanding the player that you're deploying out there, I, I don't think it'll be you know too detrimental. I think you should be okay. But yeah, I, I definitely don't want to see him in a regular rotation anywhere yeah. near the beginning yeah. of the season. He he definitely has work to do. Uh, but I think that you know you, if you're taking a four year view of this guy. Uh, this is a guy who could potentially be someone who develops into, you know, I think Brandon Browner is the guy that, that they're probably thinking about, right? Like that kind of physical outside presence who, uh, you know, is, is he uh, a pro bowler? No, but can he, can he give you good snaps opposite of really good player as, as a guy who can deny the football as a guy who can play the football as a physical cornerback? Uh, I think he can. Yeah, your expectations are a little higher than mine. I wrote down Daryl Worley. Like, if he could be Daryl Worley in the NFL, that's probably not a bad pick. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's going to be yeah. be Brandon Browner. No, but no, that's but I know. Kind of just, that's the hope. Yeah, yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. Uh, just one really quick tangent, because I saw this on Twitter over the last couple of days. A lot of the NFL is going to these smaller receivers, six foot and under, and there's this kind of belief now, why aren't the Cowboys finding the guys that can stick with these, the Asante Samuels and, and th- those type of players? And I think the reasoning is when you're playing defense, the goal is to take away as much of the field as possible, right? Yes. Right, yes. especially on the outside. Because if you're mm-hmm. going to be playing this cover three you know, uh, defense, you're basically going to be forcing teams to throw the ball underneath or throwing down the sidelines against big cornerbacks, right? You want to make the throwing windows as small as possible. And I think that's why Nation Wright's appealing to them because he's so big and so long that really good cornerbacks are going to have to fit balls in the tight windows. Uh, and it's just going to be hard for average to even good quarterbacks to do that consistently. 
Yeah, and I think you know there's there's lots of ways to to play defense, right? And I think having guys that can play with their eyes to the football who will make a quarterback think twice uh, about going that direction or or make them move off to the next defender that gives your your pass rush uh, that extra tick to get to him. Uh, and if your pass rush is getting there early and a quarterback is forcing it, now you he's throwing it into. He's throwing YOLO balls up to a defense that has wide receivers in it as former converts, mm-hmm. the guys that can play the football that are watching the ball. Uh, and that, that suddenly becomes a much more risky proposition. And that's how you increase turnovers. So, um, yeah, I, I think people get confused because of seven on seven camps, because of they watch the one on ones and senior bowl. That's yeah. not how football is actually played. You know, like it, it is, there are times when you are isolated one on one with your wide receiver. Uh, and and that's you know the matchup, but more often than not, it's your pass offense versus my pass defense, and not one on one matchups. Isolation that that is a thing that that teams can try uh, to, uh, to 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 get your your specific defenders into, and you need to find you have to have answers for that when they try to do that. But that is not you know necessarily the holistic way that football is being played. Uh, there is matchups, there are ma- matchup issues, and there are matchup players in the NFL. But a lot of times, some of the solutions are combination zones, combination coverages, uh, and, and things that are more holistic with the entire yeah. defensive backfield as opposed to just individual matchups. All right, so we've got one more player to review, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, our last prospect that we're going to talk about is a six-round pick by the Cowboys, uh, cornerback Israel Mokamu. Mokamu is how you say his last name. Um, I'm really excited about this player because I actually watched it. I watched him back in March, and I was – I guess I don't understand why he he fell this far. So he's six foot four, uh, two hundred and twelve pounds. So legitimately thirty pounds heavier than Nation Wright, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, he's almost three years younger than what Nation Wright is. Plus, he's got a bunch of experience. He played thirty one games in the SEC, starting at safety and at corner, and he actually graded out pretty well over the last three years. What did you see from Israel when you watched this tape? Well, let's let's go back a little bit, okay? Because sure. uh, uh, when we, so he, first of all, let me explain something with my process. One of the things that I like to do when I watch these guys is uh, I like to turn on the I, so I'll, I'll choose a game that I know a player the player's in, right? And I'll put it on. I, obviously, I know the player and I know what position they're playing. Yeah, but I don't yeah. always know what number the player is. I don't always know. I don't check beforehand usually because what I'd like to do is just put it on. And see if I can identify the player, right? Based yep. on, based on their play. Just watching. Yep. I it took me th- two or three snaps before I realized that this 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 wasn't J.C. Horn that I was watching. This uh-huh. was uh, uh, Muka. Uh, so you got to say it for me again because now I've lost it. Mukamu. 
Mukamu, that's right. And I had it, and I don't know why it, it's it's it slips from my head a lot. I, I like this guy a lot, you know. And and uh, going back and watching him, I I could see uh, why they would want to try him a little bit at safety. I I think they should consider maybe trying keeping him a corner as well or at least he's, a better, he's a better corner than nation right he just is he and and i think that and i i agree and i think that he you know i think he's a guy that really fits what they want to do in, in so many ways like just his long athletic uh he's a high character kid i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken he was a, a an academic uh, all mm-hmm. sec like two years in a row or something like that so really bright kid um you know and and i i i sent you an article i sent it in the dms last night that a, a year ago yesterday uh, there was a paper in uh, in South Carolina, I think it was the Palm or something like mm-hmm. that, that refer basically was referring to J.C. Horn as the other cornerback on this on that team. You know, they were talking about how, how uh, and, and actually in the article that mentioned that Mel Kiper had rated uh, Mukamu as a as a first round pick. So, and that was you know a year ago. So obviously, a tons changed. But I mean, I think that shows you the the the, the thought process of what well, where he okay. was after his 2019 oh. season, right? Some change, but like JC Horn opted out after a couple games, so it's not like he played a bunch more since then. No, and 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 Mukama did too after uh, after uh, they let Muschamp go. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I and I wonder if maybe like part of that. I, it's interesting because I wonder if maybe part of that got. Uh, uh, if he took a larger hit than, than Horn did for, for, for them basically doing the same thing, you know, I, I, I'm really confused, I guess, after going back and watching this guy, how he fell so far. I, I think that's, that's where I'm confused. Well, just like Nation Wright, he's not for everybody because I don't know if any team in the league other than the Cowboys are going to try him at free safety just because I, I don't think he's a free safety. He doesn't have the change of direction to play safety, but as an outside corner, I really like him, and I, I, I encourage everybody to do this today because it's on YouTube. You can watch his game in 2019 against Georgia. Georgia? He's, play, <laughs> he's playing against George Pickens, who is one of the top receivers in next year's class. And I'm telling you, you will not find a better cornerback game than what Izzy did in that one because he had multiple interceptions. He caused multiple other interceptions. He had the game-winning play. He's phenomenal. And I think on the outside – that's where I get really excited because he is so long and he actually has the size to play on the eight. He's 215 pounds landed. Mm-hmm. He is. He's a big guy. I mean, there's no way around it. And I, I, I think that he plays well with his eyes. And I think that's why they probably want to try him at safety because he does have, he's big, he can tackle, he's physical. He, you know, he reacts well. I, I can see why they may want to try him there, but I also really encourage that they don't shut the door on corner because I, I, I mean, the snaps there looked really good. And to the point where, again, I'm saying, how did he get to the sixth round? I, I understand he's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I understand that this is a, a deep cornerback class. But this this guy really feels like somebody that got overlooked because Joe Horn's son was playing opposite of him. And well, not, that, not, that Joe, not that Joe Horn, Jason Horn, is not worthy of the top ten pick. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't – J.C. Horn's worthiness of being a top ten pick shouldn't degrade uh, Mukamu's uh, ability yep. to, to play either. I, I, I his tape was fantastic. Like I, I really you know, am at a loss. 
You know who had the the most interceptions over the last two years between Makamu and Jason? Makamu did. Makamu did. In fact, he, he had because because he had two last year, and I think Horn only had one, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. It, it was against the, Auburn. You know who yeah. graded out higher uh, all three years at South Carolina between J.C. Horn and Makamu? You're not going to surprise me here. That, yeah. That's why I, I think it's so. Again, it's not to take away from J.C. Horn. It's no. to say how did Makamu fall this far, and maybe exactly. we're missing something here. Uh, and I. From every, I, I've reached out to a couple, couple of different people about, hey, is there an off-the-field issue? Is there something like that? And what I was told, Landon, is no, it's actually the opposite. He was one yeah, of the leaders on that team. Yeah, he's an incredible kid. Yeah, he's one, one of the leaders on that team. I believe a couple of the players told Dave Brugler that he was one of the culture changers in South Carolina. So it's got to just be a scheme fit. But I, I guess I am encouraged because I do see a scenario in a way that Mokamu can be – a a fun part of this defense, I guess, quicker than Nashawn Wright. If you swap them for me and you called you called Nashawn Wright the sixth round pick and Makamu pick ninety nine, I'm excited. That makes a lot of sense to me. Honestly, I mean, if you told me that Makamu got picked at ninety nine, and I went back and watched his tape, I would have told you they got a steal at ninety nine. Uh, he's he's that good. I mean, he's he's a really good player, and he played in the SEC against the top competition. He didn't have any problems, man. I I, I don't know. Like I think. I like that they went out and got two SEC corners. Uh, to me, that you know, even on a shortened season, even if they don't have didn't have a ton of experience this year, you're playing against the one league where y- you know they've got NFL caliber wide receivers in it in, in several different teams. And I think that 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 gives you the kind of pre experience you need to get ready for the NFL. I'm super high on Makamu as as clearly you are as well. Uh, I'm I'm super fascinated to see where where he ends up, and I I honestly again, I don't know that I've watched a, a six round player that we've drafted that I had never really heard of previous to this, yeah, yeah. where I where I was so surprised by how good their tape was, uh, and that they're really and that I, all my investigation I can't find a good reason as to why he fell to the sixth round. The Cowboys now have the two tallest cornerbacks in NFL history in yes. Israel Mukamu and Nation Wright, and they drafted them in the same year. Uh, it's yep. got to count for something. Uh, so overall, I mean, I like the Cowboys just throwing a lot of darts at the cornerback position, especially if the plan is just to cycle these guys in and out. Uh, I'm just hoping, I'm really hoping that the Cowboys treat this as, hey, let's let the best man win and not, hey, you were drafted higher, so we have to play you over because – I do think Pokamu can, can help this team right away. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audacity, wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to support us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, you can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you next time.